you have it, give me a good church amen. amen. If you don't have your Bible this morning, you can cheat off of your neighbor. And I believe there'll be some scripture verses that possibly should be coming up this morning. Luke chapter 19, beginning uh, in verse number 36. Here's what the Bible says. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Verse 37, then as he was now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Jesus said that if these should keep silent, if these people withhold their praise from me, he said that the stones would immediately cry out. I want to take a moment this morning, a few moments this morning, I want to speak on this Palm Sunday, on this thought, if stones could speak, if stones could speak. Father, would you add your blessing today to the reading of your word? God, give us revelation today to understand and to grasp and to comprehend the word that you're wanting to speak to us today. Touch the hearts of these people today, Father, and let us leave here knowing we have heard the word of God today and our hearts have been changed because of it. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. The church said amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated today in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Mr. Sam, I'm going to ask you to bring me down just a snitch in the monitor, sir, if you don't mind. Got a little ringing very familiar passage of scripture that I just read to you this morning. This text reveals to us and it details for us the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into the city of Jerusalem to begin what would be his final week of earthly ministry. A week that has become known to us as the Passion Week. We are entering that time of the year right now as we begin to look toward Good Friday and then Sunday and all of the things that, that go along with that. But as we read this passage of Scripture and Jesus is making his, his entryway into Jerusalem, the people are waving palm branches. They're giving him praise. They're, they're making a big, big to-do. And well, they should about the king that is riding in on a donkey. Begin his final week of ministry. The very street that Jesus comes in on is the very street that he is going to walk in a few days that will lead him to Calvary. The garments that have been placed on that road as a sign of respect for his entry are going to be picked up to make a clear path for him to get to the cross. Voices that are being raised in praise 
are the same voices that will be clamoring, some of them, for him to be crucified and placed on a cross. Palm branches that are being raised and waved in celebration to the king will be replaced with fists demanding that Jesus be crucified. And it would be very easy this morning to look at the events in this passage and to preach about and to talk about all of the events of Passion Week. But there's, there's something in this text that, that, that reaches for and it grabs my attention. It's, it's, it's not the obvious that I, that I see here that I want to, to talk about today. It's quite possible that you have read this passage of Scripture time and time again. And it's, there's something there that may have been obscured from your vision if you're not careful. Brother Turpin, what really grabs my attention is, is this comment that Jesus made, this remark that Jesus made. When some of his disciples, and when the Bible talks about his disciples, it wasn't necessarily just the twelve, but the followers of Christ. As Jesus is coming in, the people begin to break out in spontaneous praise and celebration. And some of the religious people that were there that day along that road, the Pharisees, they didn't like what they were saying. They didn't like the commotion that was being made. They, they, didn't, they did not approve of the praise that was being given to Jesus. You do understand that religious people don't like passionate people that go hard after God. Religious people are those folks that they don't want to make a spectacle. They, they don't want anybody to, to really know that they're there. And it's religious people that want the pastor to tone things down because we don't want to run anybody off. And it was those same kind of people that looked at Jesus and said, tell your disciples to be quiet. Tell them to hold it down a little bit because they were, they were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There was praise happening along that highway side that day. The Pharisees didn't like it. And Jesus looked at the Pharisees and he said to them, I tell you the truth. That if these people silence their voice. If these people don't praise me, he said, these stones that you see here will begin to cry out. And I want you to know this morning that when human vocal cords fail to praise God, Mother Nature will pick up where we leave off. Listen to me, we were created to praise the Lord. Psalm 102 and 18 says that this will be written for a generation to come and those people which shall be created shall praise 
the Lord. The angels were created to praise the Lord. In the book of Revelation chapter 5, John the Revelator has this picture in heaven, this vision of heaven. And around that throne he sees the angels. He hears the angels and the elders and the beasts. And the Bible said that John tried to number them and the number was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands. They were crying with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive blessing and glory and honor and praise. The angels were created to praise the Lord. Mother nature was created to praise the Lord. Isaiah 55 and 12 says you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace and the mountains and the hills shall break forth into song before you and all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. I want you to understand that when you hear the wind rustling through the tops of the trees that's not just the wind that's causing that sound. That is mother nature giving praise to God. When you wake up on a spring morning and you hear that mother robin outside of your window whistling and singing that tune that's not just a bird making a sound. That is that robin giving praise unto God. If you've ever walked along an ocean side and you've heard and you've seeing those, those foamy white waves as they crash down on the shore. That's not just the sound of the ocean breaking on the sand, but that is Mother Nature giving praise to God. If you've ever heard a rumble of thunder, if you've ever heard a clap of lightning, that is not just a sound in the atmosphere. That is Mother Nature that is saying to God, you are worthy of praise. You are worthy of honor. You are worthy of glory. And if we don't praise him I'm telling you mother nature will pick up where we leave off and it will begin to praise God God is going to get praised somehow and some way and if we don't praise him he'll turn a stone loose to lift up his voice and give him praise and give him honor and give him glory watch praise is a powerful force in the life of a believer. And somehow, in some way, <clears throat> God is going to get the praise that he deserves. That really is the lesson of this text. Is that if we don't praise him, he'll put a voice in a stone to praise him. Praise carries a lot of different meanings. I don't have time this morning to talk to you about the seven words of praise that we find in the scripture. But praise in its simplest form, it's connected to the, to the hands, to the extending of our hands toward God. It means to, to rave. It means to celebrate. It means to make its boast in. It means to address in a loud tone. It means to, to pacify. I'm telling you, when we gather together, not only in a corporate setting, but in a private moment with God, and we speak our words of praise and thanksgiving and gratitude to Him, something happens in heaven. God sits up and God takes notice. He loves to hear His children talk about Him and brag on Him. That's what those people were doing that day. They were praising 
king as he came into Jerusalem. The Pharisees didn't like it. They wanted Jesus to silence those people. And Jesus said, if they keep quiet, these stones are going to cry out. And as I read that this week, I had this thought. Brother Gene, what if those people had silenced their voices? What would those stones have said? If those people had taken their praise away and locked it up somewhere, and those stones would have broken out in song. What would those stones have said? I believe as I read that passage of Scripture that Jesus, I believe he was being literal when he said that. I don't believe it was just a figure of speech that Jesus was making that day. I believe he was so serious, Pastor Tony, about praise that if those people had silenced their voice, those stones would have broken out in praise and started singing. And I wonder what they would have said. I'm not 100% certain what those specific stones there that day would have said. But I found some stones in Scripture that if they could speak, here's what I believe they would say. Let me take you to John chapter 2 for just a moment. When Jesus shows up at a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee, he's getting ready to perform his first miracle. The wedding feast he has shown up to is facing a terrible dilemma. They have run out of wine. A wedding feast, a celebration, not like we have today with a a piece of cake and a 30-minute reception so the bride and groom can leave, but a seven-day feast back in Jewish culture. And one of the, 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 the things that they would offer that was almost a, a prize, if you will, was this fine-tasting wine, and they would serve the very best wine first, and they would break out the second-rate, the cheap version toward the end of the feast. But something happened that day. The wine ran out. The mother of Jesus comes and says, we've got a problem here, son. They have run out of wine. And he says, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. What he really was saying was, listen, mama, don't worry about it. When it's time, I'm going to show up and do what I need to do. And the Bible says, listen to this now, that there were set there six stone water pots. After the manner of the purification of the Jews, those stone water pots were used to wash hands and to wash feet. And Jesus looked at the servants who were there that day, and he said, fill the water pots with water. Each of those water pots contained 20 to 30 gallons of water apiece. He said, fill the water pots with water. 
He said, and when you get done filling those water pots, I want you to draw some of that water out. I want you to take it to the governor of the feast, the master of ceremonies. Now you understand that this, this governor of the feast, the master of ceremonies, he's kind of, he's kind of uh, coordinating this whole deal. And he is getting ready to drink water from a, from a pot that was used to wash feet and to wash hands. I love how Jesus works. And the Bible said that when he put that, that water to his lips, somehow supernaturally and miraculously, that water was turned into wine. And when he drank that wine, he says, oh my goodness, something's happened here. Typically and traditionally, the, you, you serve the, the best wine first. He said, but you, you have saved the best for last. I've never tasted anything like this before. And if we would be able to go to Cana of Galilee and those water pots, those six stone water pots would break out in praise, I believe they would say something along this line. Oh, thank you, God, that he is divine provision. Thank the Lord that he is the answer to man's disappointment. Thank you, Lord, that you're the answer to man's dilemma. Thank you, Lord, that you are more than enough. Thank you, Lord, that you can supply every single need that we have. Thank you Lord that you are all sufficient. If those stones could speak that day, they'd break out into praise and say my God shall supply every single need that we have. Can I, do I have anybody here today that can praise God for taking care and supplying the needs that they have in their lives? Hallelujah. If those stones could speak, they'd praise God for provision. Can I take you to some more stones? In the book of Luke, chapter 4, Jesus finds himself in the wilderness. Forty days praying and fasting, being tempted by the devil. And the very first temptation, the devil shows up to Jesus. And he says to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus looked at the devil and he said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I would like to believe that if those stones in that wilderness, Pastor Jeremy, could speak, if those stones had to break out in song and break out in praise, they would, they would break out, I believe they would sing or they would praise God in a manner like this. He was in all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. I believe they'd break out into praise and say he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I believe those stones would break out in a song and they would say that he is the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. The lamb of God without spot. The lamb of God without blemish. The lamb of God without wrinkle. I believe those stones would break out in a song and they would say he is holy. He is pure. He is deified. There's nobody like the Lord. Sin has no dominion over him. Sin has no power over him. They break out in praise and say he is the deified Savior of the world. Pure and holy and true and just and right in every way. I want to tell you today that the Savior that we serve is perfect. He never knew sin. 
never had sin laid on him or experienced sin until our sin was laid upon him. And if those stones could have spoken that day, they would have said he is holy and pure and he is righteous and he is just and he is the Savior of the world. Let me show you some other stones just for a moment. If I take you to John chapter 11, there is a tomb in Bethany that contains the body of a man named Lazarus. Lazarus was the friend of Jesus. Lazarus had been dead how many days? Four days he laid in the tomb. You know why? You know why I believe Jesus waited? See, it took two days for them to get to Jesus to tell them that his friend Lazarus was sick. And it took two days for Jesus to get where he was to where Lazarus was. So you've got, do the math, two plus two is four. And when Jesus first got word that Lazarus was sick, you would have thought that he would have raced away from where he was to get to Lazarus. But the Bible said he waited. He waited. See, the Jews held to a belief that up to three days that a man's spirit stayed connected with his body. But after the third day, the Jews held to a belief that on day four, there was no way possible that a man could be raised from the dead. So when Jesus showed up on the fourth day, I believe he waited because he wanted there to be no mistake about it. This was a bona fide, legitimate miracle that a man was raised from the dead. And he shows up. And Martha said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you'd have come when we called you, we wouldn't be where we are. And Jesus looked at her and said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth on me, though he die, yet he shall live. And he says to her, take me to where he is. And the Bible said that they got to the tomb in Bethany that day. And Jesus said, roll away the stone. And the people there that day said, Lord, don't you understand? He's been dead four days by now and surely he stinks. Jesus said, take the stone away. Remember the herald stopped, they rolled the stone away. And the Bible says that Jesus looked up into heaven and began to pray. He said, Father, I thank you that you hear me when I pray. And I thank you that not only do you always hear me when I pray, but you answer. But now I'm going to pray this so these people here will believe that you really are the true God. And after he prays that prayer to his father, the Bible said that he, said, that he cried out with a loud voice. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. I heard one preacher preach at one time like this, that when Jesus said that, the reason that he said Lazarus come forth, because if he had not made it specific, every dead person would have gotten up from his grave if he had not called Lazarus by name. It's the kind of power that he carries. And the Bible said that he who was dead, that he came forth bound hand and foot, and Jesus said, loose him and let him go. You know, it's possible that you can be raised up and still bound up. 
Oh, I could preach there for about five or ten minutes. We got folks that are saved and they love Jesus. They're coming to church. They're doing all the right things and they're still struggling and they're still battling and they've still got things in their lives. Listen, you can be raised up and still be bound up. But I'm telling you that when Jesus gets a hold of you and touches you and sets you free, he won't just raise you up. He'll liberate you. He'll deliver you. He'll set you free. He'll get you walking in a way you've never walked. He'll get you talking in a way that you've never talked. Loose him and let him go. I believe that if those stone, that stone could have spoken, I believe that stone would have broken out in praise and it would have said he is the resurrection and he is the life. If that stone at that tomb could have spoken that day, I believe it would have broke out in a song and it would have said he's always on time. If that stone would have spoken that day, I believe it would have cried out and it would have said you may have dreams that are dead and hopes that are dead and a vision that is dead, but he's got the power to resurrect it. He's got the power to raise it back up. I want somebody to know today that you may be in a place it looks hopeless, it looks helpless but Jesus can breathe life into it again and make it alive and make it well if those stones could speak they'd say he is the resurrection and he is the life let me give you one more let me take you to the stone on the mountain the mountain Mount of Olives is the very place that Jesus ascended from and left the tomb. Not only is it the very place that he ascended from, but it's the very place that he's going to come back to. If you read Zechariah 14 and 4, the Bible tells us that his feet, when he comes back, his feet will stand on the mount or the mountain. I want you to know today that if we could go to that mountain, and I'm not a real smart guy, but I know that mountains are made of stone and rock. And if those stones could speak to us, those stones on the Mount of Olives would cry out in praise and they would say, He is coming. Those stones would cry out and those stones would say to us, there is going to be a return. The king is going to come back again. If we could hear those stones at the Mount of Olives begin to cry out, we would hear them say, Jesus is going to come again. And listen, I, I want you to understand, I want you to realize that Jesus is coming again sooner than you or I think. It's like Paul said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, the dead shall be raised and we shall be changed. For this corruption must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption has put on incorruption, this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same death. Where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Jesus is coming again. Pastor Tony, come help me, please. Here's the final thing I'd like to leave you with this morning on this Palm Sunday. There are stones 
all through Scripture that if given the power to speak, they would cry out and they would sing praises to God about who He is and what He can do. <clears throat> but 1 Peter 2 and 5 tells us that we are lively stones. Did you hear that? 1 Peter 2 and 5 said that we are lively stones. Really, I don't think we should ever have to worry about rocks crying out because we are lively stones. The Bible says that we are lively stones that are being built into a spiritual house that we might offer sacrifices that are acceptable to God. And speaking of sacrifices, Hebrews 13 and 5 says, Let us therefore offer unto God continually the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto His name. We should never have to worry about a stone crying out because we are lively stones today that have been created to praise the Lord. And I want you to understand with me today that praise is indeed a sacrifice, Sister B. Ogle. There's a lot of days you don't, maybe Sundays, you don't feel like coming in here and giving God praise. We praise Him anyways. A lot of mornings you may get up and you don't feel like going into your quiet time and praying to the Father and offering thanksgiving to Him, but we go anyways and we praise Him. I'm telling you, praise is powerful. Praise pacifies God. I, I wanna, I wanna, listen, I want God to be pleased when He hears me. If we ever get to a place in our life that we've got to worry about a stone taking our praise, that's a problem. Because we have been created to praise the Lord. I don't want a stone to take my praise. I don't want a dead rock to rob me of my praise. Peter went on to write in that same chapter that we are a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're a peculiar people. He's called us out of darkness that we might show forth the praises of him. David said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. And bless his name. David would go on and write in Psalm 150, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the 
firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts and praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him on the high sounding cymbals. Praise him on the low sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Do I have anybody in here today that wants to be a lively stone? Anybody in here today that wants to be a lively stone and offer praise unto God and just thank God on this Palm Sunday for who He is and what He means to you and the work that He's done in your life. I want you to stand with me this morning, please. Just to raise up your hands right where you are today. Would you do that? Come on. I want you to open your mouth up to God right where you're standing. And I want you just to start offering God some praise right now, right where you are. Come on, somebody, let's just praise the Lord in this place. the Holy Spirit all of a sudden I mean just I promise I'm not going to take long I know it's the top of the hour just relax I, I, I just saw the sudden I just sensed the Holy Spirit just kind of blow in here and just kind of hover when you started praising the Lord Jesus, Jesus. you know why we sense that because I'm going to be honest with you I've trudged my way through this message today I mean it's been hard it's not about me I don't know if you, I don't, did you, did you, I don't know, and I won't be grasping for stuff here, but did you, did you sense the shift in the atmosphere when they started praising? Listen, you just, I just asked you to do it. I didn't, I didn't pump you or push you or prod you. You just did it on your own. Did you, did you feel the atmosphere change when that started happening? You know why? Because praise is a big deal to God. It pacifies him. It makes him feel good. I want the Father to feel good when I talk. Oh, God, help me. If we could lay down some of the negative stuff that comes out of our mouth and that fills our vocabulary and fill it with praise, the atmosphere in your house would feel different. Oh, come on, preach now. The 
atmosphere in your car would feel different. Why don't you one more time just raise up both your hands to God. I'm not even going to tell you what to say. Why don't you just say whatever comes to your heart right now. Come on. Come on. Listen here. I just sensed the Holy Spirit this morning talking. And some of you, you know how to praise God. You know how to praise the Lord. But you've allowed circumstances, you've allowed pain, you've allowed hurt, you've allowed things that have gone on to rob you of your praise. God wants to restore the praise back today. And there's some of you in here today. There's things that you need God to do in your life. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say, tell them to praise me like it's already happened, like it's already done. That's called faith. That's called faith. And there's some of you today, you need to break out right now in a faith praise to God. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You don't know when it's going to happen. You just know that you've got to praise God like it's already been done. Do I have a faith praise in the building today? Do I have a faith praise in the building today? Pastor Tony, go into that song, please, sir. <coughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Lord, we praise you. standing today if you need God to do something in your life sound man give me a little give me a little more volume please sir I'll strip my voice if you need God to do something today or I want you right where you're standing to raise up both your hands to God or whatever it is I want you to I just want you to just start lifting up a praise to God I want you to thank him specifically that it's already done go ahead come on go ahead if you need God to heal you, just start thanking God that He's already done it. If you need God to restore a relationship, just thank God that He's already done it. If you need God to set you free today, thank God that He's already done it. Come on. 